as we venture into the murky waters of everything you've been told never to bring up at holiday dinner. You'll need a guide, someone you can trust, a battle-tested, common-sense leader who knows that an extra pair of dry socks just might save your life. That wise old sage has arrived, and he is shouting the Schmidt Show battle cry! Schmidt Heads Unite! Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever it is that you are listening to The Schmidt Show um, podcast. So we are broadcasting live as we normally do. If you want to join the show, you can give us a call at 866-766-1776. You can join us on Freenode in the chat room. You can join us on Telegram. There's a million ways to get a hold of us and be a part of the conversation, if you so choose. Um, obviously, that only works if you're listening live, if you're listening to this after you after the event has already taken place. And you've downloaded the podcast, it doesn't do you much good, and you can't really join us that way. But you can still join those various events and or various uh, uh, social media platforms and stuff. You just won't be able to interact live on the show. So in the studio with me, the, today is going to be... Um, somewhat of a different approach to normally we kind of stick to hard politics and and do a lot of political discussion. Today is not going to be so much politics. We might get into it a little bit, but for the most part, um, we're going to be listening to a good friend of mine, Steve Dries, tell his story. And so, Steve, first of all, welcome to the Schmidt Show podcast. Thanks for joining me. Thanks for having me. No problem. Now you've got a you've got a kind of a history. You've done some radio in in the past, and you uh, probably actually have more experience in the radio world than I do. I've been doing it for about four and a half years in the talk side. I did a little bit, but uh, I think you you outnumber me in years of actual experience. Really? Okay. Um, I had a couple of years where I did radio, then I went away for a while, came back to radio again for a while, um, but I've been around radio for a long time because right. Carrie was involved right. with radio. Yeah. So. so I guess let's, uh, let's start with kind of the simple question. You're here to tell your story because of a DNA test, and just for the, for, for the record, this is not sponsored by 23andMe or Ancestry.com or anything like Because I know those guys sponsor a lot of these various different podcasts and YouTube channels and stuff like that. This is not a sponsored thing. This is just you telling your story. Nobody's paying you to, to tell this. Nobody's paying me to tell it or anything like that. Right. So. And I used both of those services. Did you? So, okay. Um, I, I don't have a preference right. between the two. Yeah. Um, I had more success with 23andMe because they were the first one I used. Okay. Yeah. And that's the going back and looking at the results from the second test told me pretty much the same thing, he already but knew. different names. Oh, okay. I see. Okay. So the story essentially is you were adopted. Yeah. Uh, within weeks of my birth. Yeah. As, a, as an infant, you yep. were, you were a very, very brand new baby. And so I guess let's start there. Um, just give us a little bit of the background and how you came to be and how you met your adoptive parents or your parents' parents. or They've always been there. Yeah. <laughs> the, the parents who adopted me yeah. have always been mom and dad. Yep. Um, they're still mom and dad. Um, as far back as I can remember, they would tell me the story of going to pick up Steve. Okay. So it, being adopted was never a something thrown at me by somebody Some sort of I didn't taboo know. Or, right. Yeah. Um, it, I was just 
one of their kids. Right. Nobody in school teased you about being adopted or anything like no, that. So no. yeah. So when 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 all of this comes up, when you start having these discussions about being adopted, oftentimes, you know, the the joke is or the the way that other kids tease each other is that you weren't really wanted and and all of that kind of stuff. So knowing that kind of all your life growing up with that, was there any stigma in that? Did you ever feel that or or no? No, that there was never any stigma attached to it. I I did have, um, my brother once said, "Well, at least I'm their real son." Ooh, ouch! We were having an argument over something, right? You know, insanely important, obviously, right? Because I can't remember what it is. <laughs> but uh, he said, "At least I'm their real son." Yeah, and he is right. Um, and I shot back, "Well, they picked me, and they got stuck with you." Ooh. <laughs> Isn't it funny how family, we know exactly how to really hurt each other. Oh, yeah. 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 (laughs) Um, Not my proudest moment, but um, so I, I never really felt like I was unwanted. Right. Um, I often felt like I was unplanned. Mm. Mm. Okay. And that's a distinction. Yeah. Right. Yeah. (laughs) It is. It's it's not just a distinction, but it's. I, I think it's an important one because both of my kids were quote unquote unplanned, but neither of them were ever unwanted. You know, or unloved. Or unloved. It just. It was. They were. Uh, they and, were uh, a happy accident, if you will. And and let's get to the the truth of what hurts with unwanted. Right. Is that it is perceived as unloved. Right. Oh yeah. Yeah, it's a good point. Because well, and that's the thing, right? Is is it it's not just a matter of being unwanted, but maybe maybe wanted, but just not having the, the capabilities to deal with whatever situation. Like if you said, Hey Brad, I want to give you a Ferrari, I would love to have a Ferrari, but I don't have the the money or the garage space or the you know the the skills to maintain a supercar. I just don't have that ability. So not that I wouldn't want it or wouldn't love it. I just can't afford one, you know? So it was that some of it now. And, and now that you kind of know this, the story of your mom and this is maybe jumping the gun and getting into a, a different discussion, but your biological mother, was that the, the issue just didn't have the, the capacity to deal with that kind of a situation at that moment in her life? Yes. Okay. Definitely. Right. That was the so it wasn't that she didn't want you. She just knew that she could not provide the best for you. The want that she had was the best for me. Mm. Mm. That was that was the bigger desire yes. was to make yeah. sure that you were taken care of than it was to the the selfish desire on her part to keep her baby. Right. So so what, she set that aside. Right. So does and this is a, maybe a discussion that you and I haven't had on this because we you and i've talked about this before but that almost because that's oftentimes the the what sounds to be selfish right oh i'm i can't take care of a baby so i'm going to put it up for adoption so i can go live my life and do whatever i want right and that's kind of the exact opposite in this case it was i really really want this but i'm going to set my own selfish desires aside and make sure that my child is is taken care of in the best I, possible way. I haven't done exhaustive research by contacting everybody who's ever given up a child for adoption. Right. So I, I can't say for sure. Right. But at least in your case. 
but what I know is that um, that seems unlikely that people would give up a child for adoption so they could live their own life. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't suspect that uh, after you give up a child that you just gave birth to, right? That you forget about that, right? That doesn't just go away overnight, right? Yeah, uh, or it doesn't go it away over a, a lifetime, really. It's it's a life changing event right. giving birth to someone, right? So you're 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 born, you're given up for adoption, you're adopted, obviously by a loving family. I know your family story a little bit. They they took very good care of you and and raised you right and all of that kind of stuff. You know all of the cliches of the the you know the average American family and whatnot. Um, so now you're high school, graduating high school, looking to get married, all of those sorts of things. Where where do you go from there after that? Uh, high school, I went to UND after, after high school and, uh, got a degree in computer science and then, uh, went directly into working for a small Christian radio station in Hibbing, Minnesota, because that's what you do with a computer science degree. Right. (laughs) Um, while I was there, uh, I was living in a guy's basement. He, uh, let me stay there and it was a completely unfinished basement. Like it was just concrete walls, concrete walls, concrete floor in my bed. (laughs) Um, and in exchange, I painted his house. Okay. So I didn't pay rent, which was a good thing because I, I was poor. Right. Well, working for a Christian radio station is not the most glamorous or a tiny Christian radio station (laughs) in a tiny town in the middle of nowhere, Minnesota. Yes. Yeah. Um, and I had gone to a concert the night before, uh, got home really late, slept in instead of going to church, bad me. <laughs> um, and I knew that the, the owner of the house had some friends over that he had met at Sunshine. Okay. And they had gotten up early in the morning. And, and Sunshine, for context, is a, a Christian music festival. Yep. In Wilmer. Wilmer, yeah. Used to be in Wilmer. No Minnesota, longer exists. Yeah. Um, and... Somebody was playing White Cross really loud as they were getting ready for church. <laughs> and I was just laying in bed thinking, oh, I just want to go back to sleep. I didn't, you know, it's only been three hours since I got here. Yeah. They finally finished up and went off to church. And then I laid there in bed for a while, wishing that I could fall asleep and I couldn't. Right. Uh, so I got up, took a shower, get out of the shower. I'm wearing a towel and my smile. Nice. <laughs> And they come home. Uh-oh. And the owner of the house, Pat, wants to introduce me to his friend, Carrie. <laughs> and, of course, naturally, that's when you want to have a long, drawn-out conversation. <laughs> right. When you're wearing a towel and a smile. Um, Carrie later told me that that day she knew she was going to marry me. Yeah. I didn't know that that day i knew that i wanted to go down into the basement and hide right because i was embarrassed and scared you're right um but carrie and i eventually got married um and two people in radio being married right doesn't work very well yeah now you're very broke very broke and just the nature of radio right? right um how many djs do they need in a town yeah of, especially of that size. Right. So um, moved to Fargo. She stayed in radio. 
and I started working with my computer science degree. Okay. Uh, then we moved to San Ramon, California, because I got a really nice job out, out in Silicon Valley. Uh, had our daughter, Savannah. Uh, came back and moved to Hibbing, uh, where I was running, well, at the time I was just working for the cable company. Um, and in 2001, I was diagnosed with Hodgkin's lymphoma. Mm. I got sick of the question, do you have any family history of cancer? Right. No. Well, yes. I don't maybe. know. Maybe. I don't know. Right. You know, um, like my adoptive father had Hodgkin's lymphoma at the same age as me. Oh, wow. But no... But connection, no biological connection. No biological connection whatsoever. So I did a non-identifying report okay, uh, to try and get medical information. Right. And it told me some information, but not much helpful medical-wise. My birth mother and birth father were healthy at the time I was born. In their 20s. Right. Well, you know, who's not healthy in their 20s? Right. You got to be pretty sick to be <laughs> to right, healthy yeah. in your twenties. Yeah. Um. So we just kind of shelved that. I focused on getting healthy, and didn't really want to dig any further. Yeah. And as far as this is maybe somewhat of a side question, but as far as cancers go, non-Hodgkin's lymphoma is fairly treatable. All of that uh, kind of stuff. You have it backwards. Other way Hodgkin's around. lymphoma is what I had. Oh, okay. I remember reading that there's about a 70% cure rate on Hodgkin's lymphoma. Okay. And non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, the best information I could find was doesn't exhibit the remarkable cure rate. Okay. Which is right. medical speak for good luck. Yeah. You're probably so not going to make it. I was thankful that I had Hodgkin's. Right. I know that a lot of people think that's a weird thing to be thankful for. <laughs> right. But, um, uh, but like they say, if you got to get cancer... Prostate cancer is probably the best cancer to get. Like if you had to have one, if you had to pick one, you know, so there's other prostate cancer. Yeah. Apparently it's very curable, like a 98% curable huh. rate, something like that. That doesn't sound like fun to me. No, it doesn't. I, but I, I don't want to pick a cancer again. <laughs> right. So anyway, okay. So you, you find out you got cancer. You're focusing on trying just to get better and, and, and get. Trying think, to live. Right. And you no know, kids to raise and a yeah. wife to love. And yep. And work to continue to do, and um, so focus on that for many years. Mm -hmm. um, I guess the the next milestone in our story was uh, uh, Carrie passing away. Right, uh, and Carrie was your wife. Yep, she worked at QFM and several other radio stations in right. the in the area. Actually, works at the radio, or used to work at the radio station that I now work at. Yep. And, and, uh, and, and again, side note here, part of the reason I'm in radio is because of her. I ran into her at a, at a live event one time and I had this great idea of for a radio show. And of course everybody does. Right. So I'm, and I'm telling her, Hey, Carrie, I've got this idea for a radio show, knowing full well that I'm that guy going, Hey, I'm going to tell you how to do your job, you know, <laughs> and, and, and how you should do it. And, and I knew that and I was trying to kind of explain that to her, like, look, I know that I don't really know anything about radio, but I think this would be cool and all of this kind of stuff. And she goes, Actually, that is a great idea. You should do it. And I'm like, Whoa, whoa, whoa. 
No, I don't know anything about radio. That's your job. I just had this idea. And so long story short, here I am eight, nine years later doing a radio show similar to what we had suggested or we had come up with an idea. So anyway, so this is your wife, Carrie. She, she kind of tragically passed away. Yeah. Uh, 2013, she passed away during surgery. Right. Um, and it was a watershed moment for our family. Right. Um, and then just last March I had open heart surgery. Right. Another watershed moment, I suppose. Yes. And imagine being either of my daughters and having friends say, it's okay. They do this surgery all the time. time. It's going to be okay. You know, there's nothing to worry about. You don't, well, but just five years ago. Yeah. There was a nothing to worry about kind of surgery. Surgery is always something to worry about right. is the truth. Yeah. You know, yeah. They're right. They do uh, bypass surgery all the time and are successful nearly all the time. Right. But it only takes once. Right. Um, so following that, uh, Tanisha and Savannah got me a DNA kit for Father's Day. Right. So that I could... I can't remember the exact phrase, but find out where I came from. Right. Okay. Um, so that was the intention all along. It yes. wasn't like, oh, this was a kind of a side thing that accidentally happened that I wasn't planning on. Right. Okay. And, um, so I had one goal in this, and that was to be able to tell my mom, thank you. Right. Uh, and anything else that came from it would be a bonus. Right. Um, so, and, and the thank you comes from, and, and this is maybe where the politics will come in and, and my intention of, of, with this discussion is not to get into the political realm, but to, to have you tell your story and, and let people kind of see why it matters. But the thank you was she could have had an abortion. Yes. The choice could have been made to, to end Steve Drees before Steve Drees was ever born. Yep. And, and so... She didn't make that choice, and that's the, where the thank you comes from. Or she could have decided in her circumstances to raise me, mm-hmm. and maybe, maybe... A different she, Steve Drees exists at that point. Well, definitely a different Steve exists, mm-hmm. you know, and you don't know how that would have ended. Right. Yeah. Okay, so so you you get this DNA kit from your daughters as a Father's Day gift in 2017. No, it was uh, uh, this year, 2018, this year, 2018, June okay. of June of 2018. Right. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, I submit my sample. I send it off to 23andMe, and they give me these updates. Oh, we've received it. We're processing it, and I'm like refreshing every minute. <laughs> How long does these things usually take? You send in the sample. Is it two weeks? Is it a month? How long does it usually take? It was about two weeks. Two weeks. Um, Savannah did hers afterwards, mm. and it took almost eight weeks for hers. Oh wow! Really? Um, when your when your daughter isn't showing up as a closest match for for almost two months, <laughs> it can, be, can be a little unnerving. Yeah, I can imagine. It would be a little. Like, um, I'm pretty sure I was there. <laughs> yeah. Um, so after two weeks, uh, the very first day, um, I had potential names. Right. Um, I had a couple of first cousin matches. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the 
you're pretty closely related to a first cousin. Right. Um, I mean, when you, you start to think about it, I have like almost a thousand matches, but that's going to what they call distant cousins. Right. Distant cousins means that you have a great, 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 great grandparent in common. <laughs> like, yeah. That could be anybody. Right. Right. Yeah. You're, you're not related. Right. You are, but you're. Yeah. <laughs> I've, I've been able to, because through, through an Ancestry.com thing, I've been able to trace my family heritage. I thought I was as German as they come with a last name like Schmidt and my mother's maiden name and all of that kind of stuff. I was thought I was 100% German. Turns out I'm French, Irish, and English, and I even have a great, 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 whatever grandfather who was a knight, you know, Sir Henry Allnut. So, yeah, it's... The, the, the interesting thing about this is that people move. You, you know, you might be born in France. Right. And then live most of your life in Germany. Yeah, especially in Europe. Right. Yeah. And then for the rest of your life... You're German, right? Right. Yeah. But, but you were French. Right. You know, I mean, and and you couple that with the lack of record keeping from the 1500s. Right. <laughs> and and it gets pretty confusing. Yeah. So uh, I reached out to a, a third cousin match who said he had his complete family tree going back to the 1400s. Wow. And I just told him my story. I, my name's Steve. I was born in 1968 and adopted in Fargo, North Dakota, and I'm trying to find my birth parents. Okay. And within minutes, he came back and said, here's your great-grandfather. Wow. Gave me his name. Wow. And he said, you don't appear to have that family's paternal DNA, so you're looking for your mother on that side of the family. Well, that narrows it down really quick, right? Right, yeah. I know that my mother was 20 years old when I was born, and I'm, I'm believing she's on this side of the family. I just have to eliminate everybody who wasn't 20 in right. 1968. Right. And I happen upon one person. Um, her name's Susan, and I am convinced, fully convinced, that she has to be my mother. This is my biological mom. Um. So I reach out, she's deceased. Right. So I reach out to her brother, one of her brothers. Right. And say, I think your sister is my mother. Here's my whole story. And he's like, yeah, no. No. <laughs> can't, yeah, no, it that's. can't be her. No. There's no way. Like, I don't, he's not convinced. Right. And I'm, I'm bummed because my hope was to get more information. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right? And. And he doesn't know anything. All of a sudden, a dead-end brick wall kind yeah, of. Yeah, I think I've hit a brick wall. Um, and I just wait for several days. And another cousin asks me, well, who do you think your mother is? And I tell him. And he's like, uh, you know, <laughs> her brother was 22 in At 1968. And, and you, you knew at that point already that your father was 22, 22 at that time. 1968, yeah. From the non-identifying report. Yep. And so he started putting me in together in the family tree, and he's like, here's who I think your mother is, and you should contact her. Mm. And I decided to try to contact her. Um, her name's Carol Martinson. Okay. 
uh, did a little bit of internet sleuthing to find, you know, phone numbers, addresses, that sort of stuff. I had three potential phone numbers. I'd call each one and I would get this generic answering machine right. message. So I wouldn't leave anything. Right. Yeah, that would be a weird message to receive. Hey, not sure who you are, but maybe you're my mom. Yeah. <laughs> That's not something it's, you want to exactly. leave on a voicemail kind yeah. of thing. Um, you know, and and my big fear in reaching out was I didn't know the circumstances behind why she gave me up for adoption. Right. And the last thing I wanted to do was open a wound that had mm. had 50 years to heal. Right. You know, so yeah. I, I was very nervous about that. Um, I knew she had a sister and I researched the sister's phone number, um, gave that a call and it was disconnected. Mm. So now I've, I know who I think my mother is for the second time. Right. And I can't get a hold of them. Was there was there some disappointment? Was there a, a little bit of sadness in in when you found out that the Susan was not your mother? Did you kind of was there, or was it just like oh well, different different avenue to chase the down? The sadness was when I realized that Susan had had passed, passed away, away in two thousand six. Mm. Like I I thought I had missed my opportunity. Okay. Um. And then when I found out she wasn't actually my mother, I was still sad because she's my aunt. Yeah, right. She's a human right. being who's a relative of, of some. And I never got very to meet horrible. her. Yeah. And, you know, um, but I was actually kind of happy that I yeah. could actually meet my mother. So um, I reached out via Facebook Messenger to my aunt, Anita. To the sister. To the sister. And uh, I expected to hear nothing. Right. Because yeah, because you send the Facebook message, and if you're not friends, then it just goes into... Most people don't look into the that little, hey, do you want to talk messages, to this person right, yeah. box? And so I assumed that I wouldn't hear anything. Um, I had said, hey, my name's Steve Dries. I'm doing some genealogy research. Would you be willing to answer some questions for mm. me? Trying kind of a generic, yeah, you're not freaking anybody out. Right. You You don't know who knows what. Right. Um, and the next day she messages me back, what are the questions? And I thought, um, I should have planned this ahead a little more. <laughs> I don't, I don't think I thought this through. Maybe I should have some questions. <laughs> um, so I knew from the, the non-identifying report that my mother's father managed the meat department of a supermarket mm. when I was born. Okay. So I asked her sister, what her father did in the late sixties. Mm. And she said, Oh, he worked for super value in Bismarck. Sounds like a match. Yeah. That sounds like a, like a yeah. grocery store. And yep. yeah. So I, I just went right in for the, for the meat. Then I said, well, um, the real reason I was contacting you is I'm trying to get a hold of Carol Martin. I think you might be my aunt. <laughs> no, I didn't say that. <laughs> I, I said, I'm trying to get a hold of Carol Martinson. Do you have some current contact information? And she said, I'm not comfortable giving you that information. That's fair. I replied, that's a reasonable response. Yeah. I, you know, some you stranger know my, from yeah. the internet right. reaches out and wants to find your sister's contact information. No is a, an appropriate <laughs> answer. She said, if I knew what sort of 
information you were looking to get from her, I might be willing to give you her information. And so I said, um, your cousin suggested that I contact her because we showed up as a common match. Pretty still, vague, still kind of generic, generic. Right? Trying not to freak anybody out. About thirty minutes of silence from her. Uh oh. And I'm convinced I've burnt the one bridge that I I yeah, had left to stand on. The one on connection, yeah. While I'm standing on it, and uh, she then messages me back and says, "I spoke to Carol. She said you can have her phone number. Here it is." Right. So I I'm all hopped up on adrenaline. Right. Now, right. I got a call right now. So I dial right now. And I get a Verizon answering machine. The voicemail yeah, hasn't been set right. up, right? Yeah. It's funny like, that oh, people oh, our age know exactly what you mean when you say answering machine. Anybody yeah. under like 30 is going, what's, what's an, an answering, answering machine? machine? <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's a Verizon yeah. message. I recognize it as Verizon, so I know it's a cell phone. So right. I send a text. Is this Carol Martinson? And it takes forever. Right. Like 30 seconds? Yeah. No, no, it, it was like a half hour. Oh, okay, all right. At least a yeah. half hour. No. Uh-oh. What? Wait. <laughs> so I go back to Anita and I say, um, I just want to confirm the phone number you gave me. I tried calling it. I tried texting it. Um, and I'm not getting anywhere. Oh, I'm sorry. It's off by one number. Five 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 one two one three. not one yeah. two one two. <laughs> um. And I, I kind of had an inkling because it was off by one number, but was was very similar to a number I had researched. Oh, okay. Earlier, so I, I'm like, well, maybe the internet was off by one number. You know, right. You know, so you're you're not sure which is authoritative, right? Right. Um, and then I call her with she the right answer, number. With the right number, she answers, and you and, just said, "Hey, mom, how's it going?" <laughs> I said. <laughs> My name is Steve Dries, and I'm looking for, and at that point, I was chewing on my bottom lip right? because I was raised by Germans, and you don't show emotion mm, right. publicly. Yeah. Right? So I am trying desperately not to cry. Right. And she says, you're looking for your mother, Stephen. I mean, that moment, that, I mean, you're, you're, you're not face to face, but I mean, you're, you're voice to voice. With the the woman who gave birth to you, I mean, what do you, what do you say? Hey, I, I mean, it's all joking of, aside, it's, it's not kind just of a like, blur at that point. Hey, mom, <laughs> you know, um, I know that we kind of covered life history, the the Cliff Notes version of life of Steve, right? Um, I asked her a lot of questions, um, I but I don't remember the specifics of it. I right. do remember that, um, I. I'm not real comfortable talking to new people. Yeah. But this wasn't talking to new people. Right. And that was one of the things I asked you in, in preparation for this. That was one of the things I asked you. Did it feel awkward? Did it feel like this is a stranger or was there that kind of felt like we'd known each other forever? Yeah. It, it seemed like a person I've always known. Yeah. I just didn't know them. Right. Does that make sense? I it does, and I think anybody that's had one of those conversations, I mean, that was as as cheesy and romantic as it sounds, or whatever. That was the first conversation that I had with my now wife. You know, it was just one of those. It was a two hour long conversation that 
it just felt comfortable. There was no, you know, someone that I've known that I just didn't know. And like I say, I get that that maybe sounds cheesy or whatever, but no, I, it totally makes sense. And I think anybody that's listening that's ever had one of those conversations is going to know exactly what you mean. So you have this conversation, you, you, you have the whole, hi mom, it's me kind of event. Um, so this is on, um, August 4th, August 4th, which is significant for you. And I'll let you kind of tell that story. uh, August 5th is the day that Carrie passed away. So it was the day before the fifth anniversary of her passing. Yes. And so I, I have this, uh, real high moment right before mm. a traditionally low moment. Right. It was actually kind of nice because people wanted to uh, talk about something else on right. the 5th. Mm. So it was a, a nice distraction yeah. this year. Um, in in our conversation, she said, well, I, I have half a mind to hop in my car and drive to Grand Forks. <laughs> And she um, was living where? She lives time? in Powell, Wyoming. Okay, so she's in Wyoming. So that's a, uh, what, so, a 12, 14-hour drive? Yeah, 12. 12, okay. I, 14 if, if Montana didn't have really nice uh, speed <laughs> limits. Uh, you make some good time across Montana. Right. Um, and I suggested that uh, Wyoming would be much prettier than Grand Forks, North Dakota. Yeah. And so I, uh, the I think the very next weekend I went, if not the next weekend, the weekend after, yeah, two weekends after, I, I went to Wyoming and we spent a couple of days together and it was amazing. Yeah. We spent one day just driving around Yellowstone and I, I mentioned the other night, it could have been like the Walmart parking lot. Right. Wouldn't have mattered. Right. It, yeah. it was just uh, sharing stories. Yeah. Family history and, and the like. <laughs> So let's back up just a little bit. You you decide to go to Wyoming. You, you meet her there. I mean, did you drive straight to her house? Did it, how did that meeting take place? I, and what was the kind of the awkwardness and and experience of that? I uh, I stayed in the hotel. Okay. Um, I got to the hotel. I sent her a text message that I was there. She said she'd come pick me up. And I waited for her to arrive. She got out. We hugged. She said, I've been waiting a long time for that. Mm. That moment is one that I don't think many people will ever be able to experience. And not just from purely from an adoption standpoint, but that, that waiting, you know, 50 years for something almost 50 years yeah <laughs> you're not quite 50 yet not quite <laughs> you're hanging on to that one for a while um waiting for that what did she did she tell you or, or did you have an opportunity to talk about what that moment was like for her because it's easy to internalize it and understand the feelings on your own not but- specifically she did tell me that she had given up hope a long time ago mm. of ever hearing from me. Right. And that she was thankful I reached out. So was there any prohibition on her searching for you? I mean, I know, I don't know how the whole adoption process works, but was she been per- 
pro- prohibited by law from reaching out to you? In the state of North Dakota, um, she could have uh, done a search. Mm-hmm. Costs about 500 bucks. Right. Um, in the search, they contact the other party and ask if it's okay. If it's okay, so it was. It still would have been up to me, right? Um, if she had initiated a search, but she didn't want to interfere, right? Didn't want to cause any, right? And uh, that's understandable to me. I mean, I get it, but at the same time, I'm not sure that I would be able to have that restraint. Well, you have to think back. Right. This is a person who set aside her wants. Right. For the best for me. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not unbelievable that she would continue to set aside her wants. Right. For the best for me. So so you you meet her, you have this experience, you get together, talk, chat like old times kind of thing um in Wyoming. Yeah, Did, I brought um like a big tub full of uh photo albums and showed her all of those and yeah grandkids all that kind of stuff yep was did you find any other i mean any other did she have any other kids later on in life she never had any other kids no um and anita has two sons so they were so you excited nephews cousins 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 right I'm t- <laughs> they were excited because they're in their 20s and they just got a cousin for mm. the first time right oh right so it it's a big deal to them. So you've, so, have you met them as well? I have not met them. Not yet. But they live where? Bismarck. Okay. So they're here in, in North, North Dakota. Dakota. Okay. Um, I met Anita on my way back from Wyoming. I stopped in Bismarck and we met at Space Aliens and had some soda and nice and spent way too short a time right. <laughs> getting to know each other. Yeah. Um, and then drove back here. Uh, when I was in Wyoming, uh, Carol told me that uh, my biological father didn't know. Okay. Never knew, to the she, best of her knowledge. She also said, I don't know where he is now. Right. I said, that's okay, I do. Yeah, because you had found him <laughs> through the, the DNA stuff, right? Yeah. Or and, at least had an idea. And, you know, I, I knew who he was and uh, where he lived and... That sort of stuff because right. the internet is a wonderful and scary. Place. Yeah, yeah. So, d- real quick, with Anita, did did you have a chance to? Um, I kind of lost my train of thought here. Um, getting to know her, I t- totally lost the question. I have no idea what I was just going to ask. This is why I don't do. I, I'm enthralled by the story, and I totally lost my train of thought. So <laughs> we'll have to come back to it. We'll have to come okay. back to it. So. You've you've met your your mom. You've met your aunt. Not met the cousins yet, and you're on your way back from yeah. What I assume had to be somewhat of a life changing experience, or at least it, it, it's enlightening. Been, it's it it's hard to put into words what it was like. Right. Um. You know, riding in a a car from Wyoming to to small town North Dakota all in one day is a lot of windshield time to think. Yeah. Um, it, it was just kind of amazing as the best way to yeah. describe it. Um, I, I was struck by how fortunate I am. Mm. I remember the question. 
So with Anita, did was she aware that her sister had a child at some point? Was was this something that your mom had hidden from her family, or were they aware of any of this that <laughs> happened in nineteen? That's an interesting question because when I first talked to Carol, she didn't know how Anita knew. Okay, so but Anita did know. But when I talked to Anita, Anita said, "Well, she told me." Hmm. So Carol had forgotten that she had she had told, told her. Me. Yeah. Well, I suppose over fifty years. Yeah. You try and remember everything you did yeah. twenty years ago. Right. <laughs> try to remember what I had for breakfast this morning. <laughs> yeah. Um. So. You know, just feeling very thankful. Yeah. And fortunate to have the parents that I do. And the bonus mom that yeah. I do. Um, but coming back and knowing that there's this man who is my father who has absolutely no clue. No idea. How, how do you start that conversation? Like it's one thing to reach out to you, the woman who gave you birth. Right. Like she remembers that. Right, yeah. That's not something that you forget about. Right. Yeah. But like... I'm driving back and I'm 50 year, nearly 50 years old and he has no idea that I'm even a possibility. Right. So I spent several days trying to get the courage up to call him. Mm. And I kept going back and forth. Well, do I even do that? Right. Yeah. Do I, what, what kind of, what kind of problem is that going to cause in his family? Right. I have no idea how his family's going to react, how he's going to react. Well, and that's one of those things, not knowing the situation. Is it possible it was a situation where he had, was doing something untoward? Was he already married at the time? All of those, I, I'm assuming all of those things had to come up in your mind. Well, am I going I, to reveal I, an affair that nobody knew about and, and all of that? I knew that, that he wasn't married at the time. I okay. knew the situation that happened. It was a party. Right. Things yeah. happen at parties, yep. you know, yep. and I happen at parties, apparently. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, I like, you got to get that man into a t-shirt. <laughs> I happened at a party. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. Um, uh, so I knew that like he wasn't married to somebody and it wasn't an affair or something like that. Right. So I, 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 so there was, but you just never know how, right how a spouse would react to right, that, exactly. how his children would react to that. Um, and so, you knew that he had both, right? It, yep. You had, you had already researched him and, yeah. and the family tree and all of that. Yep. And so the, the underlying thing was I had already spoken to his brother. Okay. And said, I think your sister is my mom. And then, oh, then right. I had to contact him and say, I'm sorry. Actually, it's not I, your sister, but... I was wrong. <laughs> We're still related, but I'm going to have to do some research before I talk to anybody else about right. right? So I have this open issue with his brother, Alan. Right. Because now what do you do? What if his brother, Alan, says to him, hey, so I talked to this guy the other day. <laughs> Guess what? Well, and it's only a matter of time, right? Right. Enough people will have done... DNA tests where I start to show up and, right. and eventually they will be able to eliminate the possibilities. Right. And so, so I had to tell him. So I called on a Wednesday night. Um, and I said, my name is Steve Dries and I think I'm your son. Mm. 
because there's really no easy way to right, yeah, lead into that. No. So I just it, did the Band-Aid method, get it over with, get it done. He laughed loudly. Really? So no, no. at least he didn't scream and shout and yell <laughs> obscenities in the phone and then hang up on you. Yeah. Um, as I've gotten to know him, he wouldn't have. <laughs> um, he said, oh, that's not possible. I'm 72. <laughs> and I said, I'm 50. And he goes, oh, oh well. <laughs> oh. He asked for some time to research. And, you know, I gave him back Understandable information. Again. He said, yeah, I just, I need to research and think about this. Okay. He called me back in about an hour. And he said, I've ordered a DNA test. If we show up as a close match, I would like to meet you. I said, okay. That, that sounds positive. That sounds great. The next morning he called me and he said, uh, it's going to take like 10 days for the test to get here and then I have to send it in and then I have to wait for results. I don't want to wait that long. Can we meet this weekend? Wow. I said, sure. So we made arrangements to go to his place um, on a Sunday. Right. And I showed up. I had my laptop with, with all of my DNA stuff open in tabs, ready to show them. You're going to make the case. I had my non-identifying report. I was going to defend my case like a lawyer, right? right? Yeah. I mean, I was prepared. And I walk in. Um, he greets me politely. Right. I sit down at the kitchen table. He hands me a sheet of paper with his family tree on it and points to where he's put my name in it. Oh, wow. He's accepted it already. Right. So no need to defend my case. Wow. That had to be, I mean, so, I'm, as I'm sitting here, I, I'm, I, I've been kind of fighting back this whole time a little bit of a, of a, of a tear myself. That This had to be incredibly an emotional moment. Yes. It, that, that act. Yeah, because now it's... You get to be a part of it. Yeah. And yeah. not just once, but twice. You've been somewhat chosen. Twice. I mean, so this guy's your, your biological dad. Mm -hmm. we, we know that now, DNA, scientifically, all that kind of stuff. But even before that, he said, I don't care. I'm making this choice. You're part of my family. Yeah. I mean, DNA-wise, you could tell. Right. Um, you know. But he could have easily I, said, hey. I'm a close match with, with several of his, you know, nephews and nieces right. and cousins and like. But he could have easily said, that was 50 years ago. I'm sorry, man. I, I'm, yeah. I'm out. Good luck for I've, you. I've got a family. Good for you. But I've already got a family. And, and that would be a reasonable response. Right. And it I would have accepted. I would have accepted it. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So anyway, so you meet him the first time. He's he's accepted it and says, you know, welcome home, son, kind of thing. So now what? Um, the night before, uh, I was, uh, oh, confession time. I was stalking his daughter's Facebook page. <laughs> Your sister. My sister. Right. And I realized this is somebody I've been friends with on Twitter for nine years. Oh wow! So you'd yeah. already been connected. Well, yeah, we've we'd had conversations via Twitter. I mean, I'd never met her in person, but 
Like I, you I'm, followed her, she followed you. Yeah, I mean, it, it was back in the early days of Twitter, right? Right. So, so there's like North 12 Do- people. Yeah. In North Dakota, there was a dozen. Right. Total. Yeah. And she was one of them, and so was I. Yeah, so. you were the only ones from North Dakota, so you said, hey, why not, right? Yep. <laughs> She's a local person. Right. Um, so I, I knew that we knew each other. I didn't know if she knew anything. Right. Although she had... She had not had a lot of Twitter activity in the last couple of years. And then um, the night before, she had uh, retweeted something I had tweeted. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, she's checking out Twitter again. Maybe. Interesting. Maybe. <laughs> but um, when he said, uh, you know, my daughter knows you via Twitter, she was thinking of coming over or would you be okay with that? Right. I'm like, oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, for sure. We hit it off. She's right. She's great. They're great. Um, when we were there, they do a, a family dinner on the first Sunday of every month. Extended family dinner. Wow. That's um, not something you hear much about. You should. It, it's a great right, idea. Of course. Yeah. We, yeah. No, I agree. Um, I'm convinced that I need to steal that idea. I yeah. just, I need to put it on a different Sunday than the first. Right. Cause you're busy on that week. Yeah. He, or so at least he, now you are. Yeah. He, in, he invited me to, to, they call it first Sundays. Um, and I brought my whole family down, both daughters, son-in-law, boyfriend-in-law. Is that, is, <laughs> I'm not is sure. That a term? Uh, grandson. Yeah. Um, and got to meet a whole bunch of amazing people and it, it's just been wonderful and hard to imagine. Yeah. Well, and there's, there's some interesting and, and just for the sake of, you know, I haven't had opportunity to talk to any of these people and get their permission, but there's, there's somewhat of a family story there as well too, right? With, with your biological well, yeah, father. so uh, when I um, got my early results, uh, one of the things they'll do on 23andMe is you can list surnames. Right. So family names. And uh, I'm going through and I see a couple of mentions of the Stengem name. Right. And I think, wow, wouldn't it be neat if I was distantly related to the Attorney General of North Dakota? Right. Or his nephew <laughs> i guess yeah um it's just hard to yeah wrap your head around um you you've mentioned several times your daughters uh savannah and tanisha um they were the ones that kind of mastermind this whole dna test mm-hmm. what are their thoughts on this are they are they excited about the new extended family are they because there's always a concern of jealousy. You know, now, now dad has other family members. I'm not going to be as important anymore. I think I know your kids well enough that they wouldn't be that way, but I've had no indication that that, that is even a problem. Right. Um, they are both excited for me. Yeah. Um, I, you know, well, and they get new family too. Yes. Right. I mean, they've got new cousins and nephews and nieces and, uncles and all of that as well it's still a little weird at times yeah, i can um, imagine you know here's this grown person that you've never met before and they're your cousin yeah 
like I, I have nieces and nephews that I grew up with, you know, and when they were toddlers, I played on the floor with them and, right. and I was at least remotely the cool uncle, right. you know? Yeah. Um, so they have that relation with me, but then I have nieces and nephews that I just met that don't have that experience with me. And I'm just this weird old guy that showed up. Right. And weird and old are two things I can pull off real well now. So, <laughs> so you're, we're kind of current now on this whole story. Everybody knows everybody. And there are so many parallels through this story that we oh, haven't yeah. touched oh, on. Oh, yeah. Some of the, the interesting, like one of the things, your middle name. No. Was it your middle name or your, your biological father's middle name? No. There's a name story there somewhere. There's several name stories. Okay. One, um, my name is Steve. Okay. My father's name is Steve. Um, so Carol asked how I ended up with the name Steve because mm. she knew my father's name. Right. Um, she had named me Todd Evans okay. when I was born. Um, mom was a nurse working in pediatrics. And uh, there was a blonde-haired, blue-eyed boy named Stephen on the floor who was near and dear to her and passed away. Mm -hmm. And when they came in to see me, to pick me up, she took one look at me and said, that's Stephen. Mm -hmm. After so, this little boy. Yeah. But immediately knew I was a Stephen. Right. So you're... you're Biological father is also a Stephen. Yep. Um, the the name uh, coincidences are too numerous to get into. Right. Um, my biological mother's name is Carol. Carrie's mother's name is Carol. Mm. Um, Carrie's father's name is Jim. Carol's father's name was Jim. Mm. Um. Uh, all sorts of interesting, interesting things yeah. there. Um, I was adopted by certified seed potato grower in North Dakota. Right. There's not a whole bunch of certified seed potato growers in North Dakota. Right. Uh, Stephen's dad and grandfather were certified seed potato growers in North Dakota. So these people knew each other very likely. Probably not. No. Um, Way western, oh, part western North Dakota versus northwestern eastern. versus eastern. Um, I, I talked to uh, my adoptive father's brother. I, <laughs> You're right. <laughs> gets to be a long way to describe people. Yeah. Um, and he doesn't recall ever doing business with them right. specifically. Yeah. But um, he said if we had, it would have been to purchase seed from them. Mm. not to sell seed to them. So here's here's a question that I, I think we talked about in person before we did the interview, but your your adoptive parents, mom and dad, how do they feel about this? They're not, they weren't angry or upset with you or anything like that, were they? Dad passed away in 1989, so um, everything I know about him, he would have been okay with it. Okay. Um wonderful man right but he wouldn't have 
tried to stop me from meeting these people. I actually regret that he hasn't gotten to meet them. Mm. One day, right? Uh, Mom is wonderful. Yeah. She's been excited. She's been, she has spoken with Carol on the phone. So, oh, so they've met. They have not met in person. But they've connected. They've talked on the phone for a while. Um, Carol is actually on her way to North Dakota right now. Mm. We're going to spend a couple of days together. Nice. And hopefully mom will get to meet her as well and the kids. And yeah. So. That, that situation has to be, I don't want to say strange, but. Definitely different, awkward, odd. I, I don't know. How do you, I well, mean, so my mom's going to beat my mom? That's not something most people talk about. Right. But you have to put yourself in my mom's shoes. Right. Um, she wanted another child, and she couldn't have another child. So needs were met on all sides. Yes. There's, some, there's, you, you expressed kind of in the beginning as some of the, the purpose was wanting to thank your, your biological mother for giving you life. There's, there's probably, it seems to me there would be some significant, significant gratitude on your adoptive mother's side as well. And there has been. Has there? She got to thank her as well. Has she ever had that? I mean, have you ever had that discussion with her? You've said, Hey, look, I want to thank my biological mom. And your adoptive mom goes, you know, I'd kind of like to say thanks myself. We didn't talk about that. No. But it happened. Yeah. I mean, she knew that my goal in in finding my mom was to say thank you. Right. So she knew that. Yeah. This is, and I I don't know, regrets in any of this. So were, were those conversations ever brought up that, you know, I, I I feel bad that this happened, or I regret that, or or was it more just that kind of that gratefulness, the thankfulness that hey, we're all here and we're all whatever that we are. There was regret that there's so much of a life missed. Because mm. the reason I ask that is is my wife and I have been married for 22 years. Um, 95% of that has been happily married. You know, we've, we've lived a pretty charmed life and we've had fights and arguments like any married couple has, but we kind of did everything wrong. My wife was pregnant in high school and we, you know, my daughter, I was, we were married in August. My daughter was born in October. Um, you know, Pretty much all of the things that she's they, always been a quick learner. Right. Yeah. I, you know, I, I was, it's a long story. I was involved in an accident, but I was, I was in jail for, you know, 53 days, um, within the first year of my marriage, you know, by all intents and purposes, all, you know, all the statistics say my wife and I should have never, ever made it. We shouldn't, we should have probably been divorced and, and all of that early on. And I was just kind of say, but by the grace of God, here we are. Um, 
but I've never really regretted any of that. There's a lot of things that, that had I, the opportunity I would have done differently. Um, but I, I can't say that I would want any different outcome. I've got a wonderful young daughter. My son is, is a great kid. My wife is amazing. All of those sorts of things. So is that kind of the same feeling on, on your part on most of this stuff? I, it seems foolish to want to change what has happened Mm. because the, the potential for it being worse. Right. Was so much higher. Is so much higher. Yeah. Now, as we, as we kind of wrap all of this up, like I said, I've, I've tried to kind of avoid the politics side of this because to me, this is more about the personal story of who Steve is and, and this guy that has become my friend over the last several years. Um, but I think I would be remiss to not mention has all of this and this experience, has it changed your view on any of that? Cause I know kind of your politics for the most part, but has, has any of this changed your view or has it strengthened your view on whether it's the issues of abortion or, or any of that kind of thing? Reinforced. Reinforced what you already knew to be true. Yes. Or at least believed to be true. Yeah. What, what I believe to be important. Mm. Life. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that answers the question. I don't think really anything else needs to be said to address that. I have often said as a former unplanned fetus, it would be hypocritical (laughs) to be (laughs) pro-choice. That's brilliant. I like that. Yeah. It was, it wasn't Ronald Reagan that said something about all of the people that are in favor of abortion have already been born. Something like that. Yeah. So it's a real safe place to be in favor of it. Right. Outside the womb. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess with all of this, Steve, what's, what's the, what's the advice, you know, to a young mom or a young dad, you know, facing down these decisions and, and having to go, I, you know, I, I can't provide for this child. I don't know what to do with this or, or I maybe could provide, but I'm scared out of my mind and, and just life is coming at me way faster than, than I have the skills to to deal with it what's the advice or what's the word of wisdom or you you've opened up a a big bag here (laughs) um several things come to mind initially number one is um the feeling of being unprepared Mm -hmm. like that doesn't go away (laughs) i'm i'm 43 with a 21 year old and a a 17 year old i still am not prepared yep you wake yep. up in the morning and like, <laughs> how am I going to do this? Right. Like, I, there's so much that I need to get done. And I, it, life hasn't slowed down one bit yeah. and it, it never will. That's the nature of life. So if you feel like you're unprepared, that means you're thinking about things sanely because mm. you are. Right. And the human life is about facing these challenges. Um, for those who are, contemplating just ending their pregnancy, I would urge you not to. Mm. That's a life. Yeah. And they deserve a chance. And I've used you as an example before without saying your name, 
that I can't imagine because I've heard people say, well, it's just better for the child. They would grow up in a crappy world and, and all of that sort of It's real easy for them to say that. Yeah. And, and I think about. It wouldn't have been better for me. When I do my terrestrial radio show, I, I get sometimes pretty wound up about topics and things and, and my passion. Yes, yes you do. <laughs> and my passion sometimes. I think I usually send you a text right. to breathe and right. calm down. <laughs> and that's what I was going to say is you have been in my life on a lot of issues, even before I was in radio, um, you have been somewhat of a voice of wisdom and, and reason that, that I needed and, and I think how much my life would be lacking if there was no Steve Drees. And I can't imagine what your wife and children and your, your adoptive mother and all of these people that have now become a part of your life, if there was no Steve Drees. And so to say that, that you would have been better off is absurd. To say that your family or any of your friends would have been better off is, is just as absurd. And so for me, and I've, I've, I've shared my views on, on abortion and, and politics and the political side of it many times, but this really isn't even a religious thing, right? I mean, this isn't just, you're just some wacko Christian that wants to, you know, tell women what to do with their uteruses. Uh, for me, it's more, like I said, it's way more personal. Yeah. I, I was an unplanned pregnancy. Yeah. I, ha- I have skin in the game. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, well, uh, Steve, I guess I, I don't really know how else to end this discussion other than to say thank you for, for coming out. Um, I imagine this has been somewhat of an emotional roller coaster over the last couple of months. Yes. Uh, intensely wild. Not just ups and downs, but loop-de-loops and all of that. And and in rapid succession. Right. Uh, one minute, I'm like, ah. Uh, I'm not going to meet anybody. I'm, there's no way I'm going to ever get to the bottom of this. And then the next minute, oh, here's your mother. Holy cow, you might be related to the Pope. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I mean, if you go far enough back. Right. <laughs> we're all related to, to, like, to Noah like or. 73rd cousins or right, something. Yeah. <laughs> So, like I say, I guess I, I don't really know how to, to bring this to a conclusion other than to say thank you. And my guess is there's going to be more to this story um, one day. Yeah. You know, uh, whatever that looks like. Um, maybe it won't be a story that needs to be told on a podcast, but I think, I think this part of it did. And, and whether nobody downloads this podcast or whether – a million people down download it. I think I, I know a, several family members, <laughs> brand new family members, yeah, yeah. who have been itching to get to this. So yeah, and and I think I think this is a this is a story that needs to be told because the the discussions with politics and and the nomination of Brett Kavanaugh and we're looking at trying to uh, secure the 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 uh, confirmation of a new Supreme Court judge and these issues you know, that we thought were settled way back in 1973 are still issues we're still dealing with in 2018. And this, I believe, is a story people need to hear and and need to consider 
as uh, as a part of this greater conversation. And and Steve, I believe um, I know how you have been a positive change in my life or a force for positive in my life. Um, I am convinced that you will continue to be a, a voice of positivity in the lives of people you'll probably never meet and I'll probably never meet. And, and so I think that's why your story is important. Thank you for letting me share it. All right, Steve, you have a great day. And we will, of course, have more and more conversations as we, uh, as we go about all sort of things. That's the one I was looking for. I'm Brad Schmidt. This has been the Schmidt Show podcast. Thank you for uh, joining me. I was turning on the wrong things and turning down the wrong things. It is. Uh, it has been a pleasure having this conversation. I hope it is something that uh, will will bring you um, information. I don't want to say that I hope it changes your mind on anything, but if I'm honest, I do. And I hope it uh, just brings you wisdom um, in multiple areas of life. If you're looking, if you're searching, and you don't know where to go, try one of these out. Like I said, this isn't necessarily a a, a plug or, or an advertisement, but check some of these services out. You might be surprised as to what you find. I'm Brad Schmidt. We'll see you next week.